This is Captivated Minds. I'm Jake. I'm Stan. This is our Movie Mayhem episode for our Halloween series. We're doing 21 movies all uh, all October long for Halloween. I love it. I love it because we've covered we, a lot we've of movies. Picked, we've picked some of our favorites. The creme de la creme of horror movies. Of horror movies. And they're all and like various horror movies too. They're yeah. not they're all a little different too. They're all different, which is great. Yeah. Cuz I love see that's one of the things I love about October is actually just watching it's like gives me excuse to, to watch, watch scary I watch scary movies all the time to begin with. The only like one that's not really scary that I watch religiously during Halloween is Hocus Pocus. You see they're making another one? Yeah. I'm, that's I'm kind of excited yeah. for that. But yeah, that's like a religious thing. Oh, it's October. I got to watch Hocus Pocus. And When AMC used to do their, like, I forget the name of it, their horror fest or whatever, they would always air the same 10 movies over and over, over and over. Sci-fi like, used to do that, too. Like Michael Myers 4 and 5. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I get. It's almost like they had, they had, like, the rights or something to all the bad ones. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you can't watch 1 through 3. Candyman but 3. You're, but you're going to. Watch eight. Wishmaster four. Like yeah. it's all this weird, you know. Because you get ex- rated hard. You get excited because you're like, oh, they're gonna do a marathon. That's right. So you get excited, and then when it happens and you click on it, and you're like, oh man, I started in the middle, and then you like you look at your guide and go backwards. It's like, no, this is where they started. It's or it's all- heavily edited. Oh, wicked! Like it's only it Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's just ten minutes. That's it. There's no there's no actual movie. No, it oh it's a, it's two hours long, but it's all commercial. That's right. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about the classic movie Carrie. This movie is actually the first Stephen King adaptation into a film. It is also one of the first, uh, uh, not first, but it's one of the pioneers of female-driven horror movies at this time too. It's unique because it's a time period piece, and it's also a female-driven piece too. Right, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's beautiful. We all know that Stephen King did drugs heavily. Yeah, I don't think not yet before Carrie. Shining because yes. I was just gonna ask, what drug do you think he was doing? With I don't think Carrie? he was doing anything with Carrie. Really? I don't think anything. I think The Stand, The Shining, any of the big miniseries. So, so to me, this one, I thought he was drinking. I, I could see that, but I, I'm not saying like, drugs. Like it, he was, because he, he didn't go down the rabbit hole. He was hole. like killing a bottle of like Jack Daniels while he was writing this, and like getting frustrated and just like pissed he, off. Yeah, and, because it's almost like that's how it seems. The movie seems that it escalates quickly. It, too. it escalates and de-escalates, and you can see that's how. Even I I read the book I think in high school, and even when you're reading it. There's a lot of like frustration and de-escalation. But and if you read something like The Stand, which I have, I want to re- read w- one day. It's it's a beast. Yeah, it's like this thick. Nine hundred pages. Yeah, that's Huge. a novella. You go from book to Huge. novella. Right. <laughs> yeah. So here's our opening scene. The opening scene, we see uh, an overhead shot of a bunch of girls all playing volleyball. We see the title credits over the scene, and we can see the first few frames of these girls are competitive. They also toss a ball to a girl named Carrie, who already seems a little bit, I don't know, out of place. She misses the ball, 
that was served to her, and all the, these girls hate Carrie because she misses a ball. All of these girls are cruel already. We see the, uh, the women's shower room as some women are playing around and others are getting dressed, and the camera is moving through the various girls talking. Like any good horror movie. It has a little bit of perverseness to it. Right. It's almost... It's almost like that that was a go-to thing yeah. when horror movies were starting. There has to be some sort of perverted, perverted element, element into yeah. it. Like it, It's almost like that's how teenagers are, Yeah, which is kind of true. true. Yeah. Right. Here's our disclaimer. We take a lot of information from IMDb. It's a great source of information. It helps us uh, with these Movie Mayhem episodes. Yeah, I love IMDb. So here's our fun facts section. Uh, when Sissy Spacek was preparing for her character, she isolated herself from the rest of the ensemble, decorated her rest, uh, dressing room with heavy religious iconic uh, things, and studied uh, Justine Dore's illustrated Bible. She also studied the body language of people being stoned for their stins, stating, uh, starring or ending every scene in one of those positions. That's messed up. I mean, there's... There's method acting, and, and then, then there's, there's like method acting. she's she's almost like taking herself to an insane level. Now that I think about it, I'm that's noticing. cool. Yeah, that's like Christian Bale level. Yep. Wow. This is so, also her first movie, right? She was a set dresser before. So, so technically, Christian Bale copied her. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? Because that is messed up. The name of the school is called Bates High School, a reference Norman to Norman Bates. Bates in Psycho. Yeah. In addition, the four-note violin theme from Psycho is used throughout the film. Oh, no shit. Because De Palma, the director, loves Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, that makes sense. He loves Alfred Hitchcock. So you can see But various... I didn't even pay attention yeah. to the violin. Violin. Uh, Nancy Allen claims she never realized her character was going to be evil until she saw the finished film. She thought she and John Travolta were playing uh, such self-centered bickering morons that they were the comic relief. Uh, Piper Laurie also thought that the character of Margaret White was so over the top that she thought the film was a comedy. So how can you hide that from actors? Is it... So think about it. If you're only on set for a couple of days, you don't see the rest of the film, you only sh- you only record your stuff, and then and in then, the editing room, and then in the editing that's room right. when you're editing all of it. That's right. And then you put it on screen. You're sitting there going, "Oh wow, that's right." How mind blowing would that? So be? So you could also get a certain section of the script. You wouldn't get the whole script. You'd get your section, so you know your motivations, which, which would which sense. would make sense, and, yeah. right? Yeah. And then combine it in the end. I don't know if I would like that. Like, I mean, how do you think this woman was like, yeah, you know, comic relief. That's what I am. And then all of a sudden. She's a bitch. Oh, my God. I'm a bitch. Yeah. The ending of the movie is different from the novel. In fact, Stephen King liked the ending in the movie better than the ending of his own book. And he doesn't, he's, he wasn't very a high critic of movies yet. Um, So this would be the first adaptation. So he probably let De Palma be like, okay, I like this. So. Let's do this. What was the other one where he actually enjoyed the ending better? Uh, I think the TV version of The Shining. 
it he likes the ending for the new it yes yeah. so there's a couple of movies where he does like the ending right what he typically does is uh he'll let the director do what he wants oh dr sleep yes yeah dr yeah, yeah. sleep sorry okay. yeah he'll let the director do what he wants and then if he doesn't like it he's like he washes his hands of it and be like hey it was your vision it was your- i gave you an idea you didn't go with it because it was like the shining that's right like he hated the, the shining. shining yes he but hated he liked dr act- sleep though he did he liked- it redeemed itself a little bit right while speaking at a book event in Fort Myers, Florida in 2010, Stephen King recalled that he was paid $2,500 for the movie rights to carry. Can you imagine? 2500 bucks? That's nothing. No. That's nothing. Well, I wonder how much money he made on the book. Probably buku bucks, though. Right. He was uh, fortunate just to have the rights to be options. At the time is what he said, because that was his first novel. So... Right, so it was probably like one of those shocked moments where, oh my God, I've I've made it. I wrote a book so good, someone wants to turn it into a movie. That's right. So then it's like, hey, uh, can we have the rights for twenty five hundred bucks? Done. Yeah. <laughs> According to Piper Laurie, she honestly thought her character was too over the top and fanatical to be taken seriously. Brian De Palma had to take her aside and personally tell her that it's a horror film and not a black comedy. She thought, uh, as she thought it was. Even so, she would consistently burst out into laughter between takes. Not only was her characterization in wardrobe laughable in her eyes, but the dialogue itself was humorous. <laughs> uh, the dizzling camera shot during the prom scene was achieved by placing... Uh, William Cat and Sissy Spacek on a platform, and that was spinning. Uh, See that—that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I and I that. love how that's filmed. I yeah. really do because it just—it's kind of romantic, but it's right. subtle too. Subtle, it's not overly romantic too. Sue Snell and her mother are played by real-life mother and daughter Aiming Irving and Priscilla Pointer. That's kind of that's cool. Yeah. Uh, Betty Buckley was 28 at the time of filming, only two years older than Sissy Spacek, and three year three years older than Nancy Allen and PJ Souls, who played her students. What? Yeah. Only two years older. That doesn't seem right. Age didn't like her well? No, I guess not. I guess not. Uh, uh, Eddie McClurg, who played Helen, originally had no dialogue in any part of the film, so she decided to improvise instead. This result resulted in everything that we see Helen saying the film is completely made up by the actress. With wow. With the De Palma saying it was okay. That's cool. That is cool. Initially, PJ Souls was only cast for two weeks, but after she hit Sissy Spacek over the head with a red baseball bat during the uh, volleyball scene, uh, red baseball during the volleyball scene, De Palma decided to keep her around. Huh. So you're mean. We can keep you around. Sissy Spacek asked De Palma how he wanted her to react when Carrie first realizes that she's bleeding in the showers at the start. And De Palma, it's like you've been hit by a truck. And Sissy Spacek talked to her husband, Jack Fisk, uh, who as a child had been run over by a car when he was standing in the streets at a Christmas lights, Christmas light thing. Uh, yeah. Poor bastard. <laughs> hey, hon, um... Listen, I know you've been hit by a truck, so can you tell me how that felt? <laughs> yeah. This was the first novel turned into a movie. The prom scene took over two weeks to shoot. 
over 35 takes, that's a long time. That's a long time. That's a long time. Yeah. Yep. 35 and that, takes. And then I, that's one scene. And then if you think about it, depending on what they were doing, all the reset. Mm-hmm. More time. Like, could you... I mean, a little bit of a spoiler. Can you imagine how many times, like, they had to drop blood on her? I think that was only done once. You think that was only done I, once? I would, I would assume I would hope so, so, right? I would hope that they did everything else multiple times, and they did that organic reaction just once. But even, like, the pyrotechnics? Yes. Like, all that stuff? That must have been done once, too. Because once the be. building burns, you can't come back and un- unburn it. Right. That makes sense. That's logically making sense. Could you imagine if they just had multiple rooms all set up the same way? That would make sense too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The fire wasn't big enough or the fire wasn't hot enough. Right. But I think they really did film at a high school though. Yeah, it seemed like it. It seemed like a real high school. Right. The success of Carrie at the box office come as cemented Stephen King's name as an author and King himself loved the film. Yeah. Uh, according to Mother's psychotic character, uh, the f- the fact that none of the Bible passages in the film are real. For example, she quotes Genesis chapter three to say that sexuality is evil. The chapter, that chapter is actually the story of Adam and Eve eating the forbidden fruit. Did you know? While they're nah, see that they're not wrong. Because forbidden fruit is yeah actually something yeah not fruit no <laughs> in Carrie's house the statue of the religious figure shot with arrows represents Saint Sebastian it is not a crucifix and does not represent Jesus huh I didn't know that either I didn't know that Sissy Spacek was twenty five years old at the time of filming Carrie is supposed to be seventeen she looks seventeen. She looks 17. She looks right. believable 17. She does. <clears throat> she looks very Because sometimes believable. you'll see a movie where the actor or actress has to play older or younger and they don't look the part. This time, she looked the part. Okay. Little side one. All right. You ever hear of the show Hannah Montana? Yeah. The guy, the, the guy that played her brother, who was supposed to be 17, he was 30-something years old. But he looked 17. And it's the same with this. She's 25, but she honestly looked like a teenager. Yeah. That's why I was so confused when you said the other one's only a couple years older than it. She looks older. older. Yeah. So that's just a little weird. For her screen test, Sissy Spacek rubbed Vaseline in her hair and didn't bother to wash her face. She also wore a sailor dress, uh, which her mother made for her uh, with the hem cut off. So she kind of wanted to look the part. Right. To become Carrie... Sissy would initially avoid socializing with anyone on set. She would stay in her trailer or hide in the corner behind the sets. Also, before this happened, she warned the other actors that although she loved them, she would be avoiding them to stay in character. Would make sense. Right, yeah. Uh, Sissy wasn't considered for the role of Carrie until her husband, uh, Jack Jack Fist, convinced uh, De Palma to allow her to audition. Until that, De Palma was going for Amy Irving playing Carrie, the Sue character. Yep. Right. I, can you imagine how different that would have been if they actually went with it? Definitely a different movie. Different. In 2010, the AV Club, uh, PJ Sold and Steven Spielberg often uh, came to the set of De Palma's movie. 
because uh, De Palma had told them that there were a lot of pretty girls on the set. Souls said that Spielberg asked out most of the women on set. Souls included uh, and Amy Irving was the only one who accepted. Irving and Spielberg were married from 85 to 89. That and they have a son together. Crazy. Yeah. They met on Carrie. Wow. Yep. Just let that sit in. <laughs> I don't know if that's that's something I, w- I would want to tell people. I met your, I met my ex-wife on the set of Carrie. On the set of Carrie. I mean, yeah, that could be kind of cool. We fell in love during the blood scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Originally, De Palma had used the split screen uh, effect extensively during the prom scene. Despite the results, he re-edited most of the scenes in full frame and only used a few seconds of the split screen on key moments, which I thought was good because you don't want to overdo it. You want to see the action. Exactly. Stephen King got the idea for Carrie while working, uh, while doing laundry. Some of the characters, like Carrie's religious fanatical mother, were based on people who had worked with him. That's messed up. Yep. (laughs) The ring that Amy Irving wears throughout the movie was a gift from Stephen King. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, Sissy filmed the scene in the locker room shower without any of the other actresses on set. That's movie magic for you right there. Yeah. I I would say what that would it would help her to be more comfortable too. Yes, and be more isolated too. Right. Yeah. Amy Irving that admits that she initially hated the script uh, when she first received it. After seeing the finished script, she simply loved it. <laughs> no. I hate this. I love it. During the uh, filming the scene where Miss Collins is chewing out the girls in the gym, Brian De Palma was standing behind Amy Irving just off screen and whispering cruel, hurtful things in her ears to make Sue's misery look more guilt and genuine like. That is messed up. Whatever you gotta do. That's like what they did did on The Shining. Yeah. But, well, this is tame compared to The Shining. Well, yes. This but, is tame. But, we talked about The Shining. But though. you know what I mean? It's like, you can't get away with that now. Can you? You're not. That's very tough. That's a tough question. You're, Be, not, you're not harassing. You're not violating any rules. I mean, because. But you're walking that fine line like you're now, saying. Now, is it because they're. <laughs> but he's guilt tripping Do they call her. it motivating? Could be, but he's trying to guilt trip her though. Right. Think of, if you think about it, she's trying to get in that guilt trip sort of mindset, yeah. and to do that, you gotta yeah. egg her along a little, mate. I mean, I just think that's so messed up. Stephen King was reluctant to send Carrie to a publisher because it sounded to him like it wasn't very marketable. But horror was a hot commodity with the su- the success of The Exorcist and Rosemary's Baby, so the novel. The novel became a huge success for Stephen King. Piper Laurie had retired from the movie business after The Hustler when the script for Carrie came her way. She initially initially didn't understand the script at all, thinking it was rather cliched until her husband pointed out that De Palma usually took a comedic approach to his work when she received the uh, when she reread the screenplay with that viewpoint the part of Margaret White made a lot more sense. Uh, John Travolta auditioned on his lunch break from Welcome Back, Cotter, 1975. This is also his first movie. We talked about that. We were questioning that. So they must have been pretty close to each other. 
No, I mean, if he went down, it was filmed in L.A., so if he was in L.A., he went just off the set and auditioned. Okay. All right, yeah, yeah. To me, like a lunch break does... You have, just, you have an hour. You do? On, okay, Because right. it's a 12-hour day. Yeah, but doesn't it take like six hours to get from one side of L.A. to the other? Yes, it does. <laughs> Amy Irvin, who played Snoo, initially read for the part of Princess Leia. And William Cat, who played Tommy... Read for Luke Skywalker. That's right. I, I was telling you this. We were talking about that yeah. at work. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. And how different those how movies. different the movies would well, have been. Well, because at the same time, De Palma was doing auditions. Uh, George Lucas was also doing auditions at the same location. So they had these people just inter- interact or intermingle. And, and like, like we said before, uh, Steven Spielberg was on the set, too. Like on set and everything. So Can you just imagine? Ugh. Uh, Sissy Spacek was widely thought to be too pretty for the role. The character in the book is described as clunky, mouse-haired, and covered in pimples. While Spacek being tall, thin, red-haired with clear skin, the character was rewritten slightly to match her appearance. Right. Yep. So that was our fun facts. Now we're on to the actors. We have Sissy Spacek as Carrie, Piper Laurie as Margaret, Amy Irving as Sue Snell, William Cat as Tommy, John Travolta as Billy, Nancy Allen as uh, Chris, and Betty Buckley as Miss Collins, uh, PJ Souls as Norma, and Priscilla Pointer as Miss Snell. The budget. So I was watching a little movie clip with De Palma talking about Carrie, and it, initially he said that the studio wanted 1.6. Okay. Which isn't a very big budget at the time. Right, yeah. And he was like, I, I can't do it for 1.6. I can do it for 1.8. So he leaves, and then he comes back to the studio, and they're removing all of his stuff from the studio. And then they're like, well, you're going to do it for 1.6, or we're going to shelf it. They shelf the movie. And he's like, I can do the movie, but for 1.6. And they're like, okay. But he makes it for 1.8. Oh. And the budget, 1.8. But he makes it. He makes it. And it's good. Makes $33 million opening weekend or opening worldwide. Yeah. And and, and it's buku bucks. Buku bucks. And you can't can't cry about it. No. You can't cry about it. No. I mean, do you you sit there and actually get pissed at the guy because he went over budget? By 200,000? By 200,000? No. Or do you sit there and go... Thank you for going over right. budget because you just now it's made good. us money. That's right. Where was it filmed? Uh, various parts of California. Yeah, just various parts yeah. of Cal- studios. Yeah, they stayed right in, in Cali. California. Yep. Hermosa Beach, California, Los Angeles, San Fernando. Just very specific spots uh, in California. The year it came out, 1976. Way before either of us were alive. Oh, that's right. So... <laughs> Here's what we have on the docket in the year of 1976. Rocky. I'm a Rocky person. Marathon Man. I don't mind that one. I don't mind that one either. The Omen. See, I like The Omen. Taxi Driver. Right. What it, do you, what hell do you, of a year for... Yeah, it's a good year. It's a good hell movie. Hell of a year. So, if you're going to the movies and you're seeing Carrie or The Omen... I think I'd go Carrie. I'd go Carrie, too. I'd go Carrie. Now, yeah. here's the thing. I would go Rocky over Carrie... Ooh, I go carry over the, Rocky. The only reason for that is like I'm a, Philadelphia. Yeah, right. I'm a big like Rocky person, anyways. Yeah. 
So I'd probably see Rocky over over Carrie. And Taxi Driver, that's a tie for me. I would go Taxi Driver. See, I'm leaning I towards like Travis taxi- Pickle. Like, are you talking to me? You Are you talking, talking to me? me? The so, scene where he takes a girl to the porn place. I right, mean, yeah, you just yeah. lose it. Yeah, yeah. Taxi Driver takes take it. it yeah. yeah, but that's still a good movie year. That's a great movie year. Uh, we'll start at the bottom again. Yeah, yeah. So the director's name is Brian De Palma, and we've actually talked about his movies once before. Oh, keep going. There's more. Is there more? There's more. Oh Jesus! Okay. You, want, you want to do one, and then I'll do one. Yeah. So we have uh, shorts, documentaries, and various TV too. Let you go first. Uh, what is that? Uh. Curious? Icarus. 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 Uh, the story of IMDb. I IBM. Oh, IBM. <laughs> Sorry. I can't, I can't read. Uh, Wanton's Wake. Jennifer. Uh, the Responsive Eye. Show Me a Strong Town. That is a... Okay. That is a long title for a... Yeah. A, a, a movie. documentary short. short. All right. Murder a L Moon. That sounds like Murder uh, a la Mode. Murder a la mode. <laughs> Greetings. Uh, the wedding party. The wedding up to the bridge uh, to bridge this gap. Uh, diet. Oh, God, I can't read today either. Diagnosis. Diagnosis in 69. Hi, mom. That was hard. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was that was really hard. Uh, get to know your rabbit. <laughs> what kind of movie is that? I don't that? know. We'll have to look it up. Sisters. Uh, Phantom of the Paradise. So, t- so oh. in Phantom of the Paradise, Sissy Spacek is actually accredited as the set director. Really? That's okay. Right. And that her husband Jack Fisk is the product something with the uh, production like, designer. Yeah, or something? that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Obsession. Obsession. Carrie. The Fury. Uh, home movies. Dressed to Kill. Uh, Blowout. <laughs> Scarface. He did Scarface? That's right. I like Scarface. Me too. Uh, oh, yeah. Body Double? Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Relax. And short. Bruce Springsteen dances in, oh, <laughs> dancing okay. in the dark. Wise Guys? The Untouchables? I love The Untouchables. I love The, the Untouchables. Untouchables. Uh, casualties? Oh, no. Bruce Springsteen Video Anthology? Really? Bruce Springsteen, huh? Yeah. Casualties of War? The Bonfire of the Vanities. Eh, it's okay. Yeah. Oh, you missed one. Oh, uh, Raising Chain. Kane. Kane. Yeah. Carlito's Way. Ugh. Mission Impossible. Yep. Snake Eyes. See, both. I like Snake, snake Eyes. eyes. Snake Eyes. I love fantastic. Snake Eyes. Mission to Mars. Mission to Mars. There we go. I love Mission to Mars. Another another Bruce Springsteen compilation. Uh, Femi. Femme Fatale. Femme Fatale. That's a good one, too. I haven't seen that one. Really? With yeah. Rebecca Romaine Stamos? No. Yeah, you might want to. I might want to watch that one. The Black Dahlia, which we've talked about. Which we talked about. Yeah. Uh, Redrick. Oh, it's redacted. Uh, redacted. Passion. And uh, Domino. Uh, yeah, Domino. Yeah. Domino. Yeah, he's done a lot of good movies. He's some, done some hits and misses, but like Snake Eyes, what's Mission up, Impossible. What's up with the, the Bruce Springsteen? I think he's, he directed he, his music videos. So they must be like pretty good friends and stuff. Yeah. So the the music video with Courtney Cox dancing in the dark, he probably directed it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That would make sense. That would make sense. Yeah. But yeah, I mean like, Mission the first Carlitos Mission Impossible is one of my favorites. Oh, Mission of Mars, Mars Snake, Snake Eyes. Eyes. I remember Mission of Mars being really good. So when was the first time you saw this one? God, I saw this as a kid. Me too. VHS. You know. Uh, DVD for me. 
Oh, yeah. DVD. Oh, good old physical media. Gotta yeah. love that physical media. No, it's one of those, you know, just renting a bunch of horror movie type of things, and that was one of them. They would play this on TV for a while, but it was highly edited, though. Because I think it was one of those, like, what did I see first? There was a Stephen King, I want to say maybe the Langoliers. Oh, I love the Langoliers. I think I saw that one, maybe. That was on TV. Right. So I saw that, and, and it was like one of those, oh, I wonder what else he's done. Sort of things. Yeah. And it, and it was before I realized he was an, an, author. Uh, an author. Yeah. Because, you know, growing up movie-wise, that's all we did was watch movies. So it's like, oh, man, Stephen King brought out another movie. Yeah. And then it wasn't until, like, my grandmother's like, you do realize these are books, right? You know, like, with pages Paper. and stuff. That's right. <laughs> So here are our awesome scenes. We did, we break down uh, 10 different various scenes throughout the movie. Scene number 10, the camera focuses on Carrie in the shower. As we hear some music, we see various shots of her showering, but we don't see any nudity from her like the other girls we've just seen in the uh, seen earlier. She drop she drops the soap and notices something. She's bleeding. The music kind of turns and she's confused to what is going on. In this scene, we as an audience know more than Carrie does and Carrie is catching up. We cut to her POV shot, point of view shot, and she was looking into the crowd of women. Many of them are already dressed. This film, in a sense, opens with blood and her becoming a woman. She does not know what to do with this instance and tries going to the other girls for help. Carrie rushes towards the women with blood dripping from her hands, not sure what to do. She freaks out, and these all, all these women start throwing feminine products at her. It's only after Carrie has a breakdown in the shower that the teacher steps in. I was a little do, uncomfortable. Do they do <laughs> – right, yeah, it's, it's really uncomfortable. Do, is the reason – okay, nudity. Yeah. All right, nudity in movies. Especially this one. Is it is it because it's implied that she's underage? That's why there's no nudity of her. That and makes where, sense. And where some of the girls are dressed and others aren't. It's one of those. I like, even think about that. Those yeah. are of age girls. Yeah. And that's the only thing I thought. <laughs> I know it's weird to say, but yeah. like when they're filming movies, it's always the ones that like if it's elite actor stuff. You know, most actresses and stuff, they don't like nudity. No. They don't like to no. show themselves. But in this part, but, though, she was only showing stomach and thigh right. and nothing too but extravagant be, either. But also in most of those movies, it's implied that those girls are underage. So that's why you don't, you, you know, You almost not, feel like, I don't know, uncomfortable in a sense because you're watching teenage girls. Like, it, it is. It's, it's, a, it's an uncomfortable feeling. feeling. And then that uncomfortable feeling is just turned right up. When she's getting these products thrown I, at her, I know, and it's like you're feeling. You almost want to reach in there and like slap every single one of them, or be like, "Hey, like, come on, just one of you. One of you is not going to help her out, right? Really? But it, it also doesn't it do something to. I mean, especially back then, didn't it just make it seem like all high schools or whatever were like that? Yeah, like yeah. there was always that one kid that every single oh, person like kinda picked, picked on. on. Yeah. The next thing, the next big scene, we uh, would be the setup of the mother. Through various conversations, we know that Carrie's mother is a little out there, and now we can see it to a certain extent. Now we aren't saying people can't be religious at all, but to this extent, 
that the mother is, it just seems so far-fetched that she's just on her own other level. Uh, Martha White pulls out a Bible and begins to read a passage from it to Sue's mother. Sue is one of the girls that was in the crowd throwing feminine products at Carrie in the previous scene. Both women have various ideologies and they seem to be friendly with one another, but not overly friendly. After the donation is given, Martha just leaves. Yeah, there's two types of like religion. There's people who are religious, believe in God and all that stuff. To, to me, this is uh, in the realm of uh, psychotic yeah. religion. She's really, where they, where, so there's something wrong with her. Right. I'm not saying – Yeah. Yeah. There's there's something really wrong with her, and she she also uses the Bible as punishment. You know what I mean? Or an like, excuse. For, yes, for and others and for actions. Other actions, right? And there's people all over the place, all over the world that do this. They use they lose religion as an excuse to get away with things they do to other people, and it's shitty behavior. Yes, and it's not right. No, and then those are the people. When they do shit like that, you sit there and go, well, I don't want to be part of that if that's how people act. or Because yeah, yeah. she also, like, pushes her religion out to people, too. Which isn't fair. Which is, it's almost a, it's it's definitely a force upon, but almost like an uncomfortable force upon. Like, hey, I don't really want to hear your mumbo jumbo. That's right. Scene number eight, Martha White's. Martha White gets a call and uh, Carrie overhears it. It's from the school. Carrie asks what why her mother never informed her of this particular incident. The mother just takes a Bible and smacks her to the ground with it. And it's such like a hard hit. It's You hear the slap. Yeah. And I'm like, come on. Like, at least her mom should be like, I'm sorry, I didn't explain this to you. But, you know, it happens. But right. she went the opposite in that. Right, like, she went south. sideways That's quick. Right. The mother forces her daughter to read passages of the Bible about women and sin. The there are two very different pages. Uh, there are two very different pages that the mother thinks the daughter is a sinner, while the daughter is just trying to figure what is going on with my body. There's just two different things going on. And that's all she wants to know. She wants to know what's going on. Doesn't mean she sinned. Doesn't mean she sinned. She just wants to. Hey, am I okay? That's right. We aren't sure if it's the situation or if it's the mother, but we feel like Carrie should just be helped, not degraded for something she never knew about. The mother drags Carrie to a closet and locks her in the closet for sinning. Carrie is freaking out in the closet. It would appear that hours later, Carrie leaves the closet. That scene yeah. is, that scene's rough. It's, it's really – most of the scenes in this movie is rough. But some of them are decent, and then there's peaks and lows, like most. But movies I do, too. I do understand for it because you're setting up, you're setting up the character. You're setting up the protagonist you're, of right. Carrie too. You're setting up the villain at home. You're setting up the break. Yeah, the mental break. Break. That's right. Scene number seven. All of the women from the first scene are back in gym class, and the teacher is putting up, uh, isn't putting up with their shit. One of the girls has gum, and the teacher tells her to choke on it. The teacher is playing hardball with these girls. This teacher just rails into these girls for being total bitches for Carrie. I think the scene's kind of deserved. Yes. All the girls freak out when they can't go to prom. Oh, my God. These This teacher tells them that they can go to prom, but they will all have detention with her. All of the girls kind of sigh and moan about it. 
the teacher puts these girls through the ringer in detention. It is kind of a montage of them exercising. The main bitchy girl just leaves the exercise routine. I would have kept him from prom. I would have uh, kept him from that, prom too. You you do something that extreme. Yeah, you did. You deserve a rotten hell for that. That's right. Scene number six. The next scene, we see Carrie going through the library trying to figure out what's going on with her. She stumbles across a book on miracles and finds something about telekinesis. Carrie is trying to cope with some sort of ability that she has, but still not sure what's going on. It is. Cut with Sue talking to one of the popular guys at school. Sue goes and asks Tommy to take Carrie to the prom. Scene number five, we see Billy and Chris parked and they are being flirty. They're parked in a parking lot right outside of a party. She teases him a little bit by trying to turn him on and then stops and goes a couple of times. We can see that Billy is trying to lay on the charm, but she only has a half a smirk going on. And they have this playful back and forth. And it clearly shows their chemistry, but it also shows that Chris is also another secondary villain of Carrie too. <laughs> I and she's a bit crazy. She's a bit crazy. Yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> she's cuckoo. She's cuckoo for cocoa pops. Yeah, that's right. Scene number four. We cut back to Carrie White at the library a second time. This time, she is scared by Tommy, who approaches her. Tommy tries to make conversation, but Carrie kind of shoots him down. She's asked about what she is reading, and she lies and tells him it's a book on song, which I thought was clever. Um, as an audience, we have no idea. We have an idea what she's looking up, but he doesn't. Carrie is asked to the prom, and she just runs. Carrie is sitting alone outside, and her only friend seems to be the female teacher. Carrie talks to the teacher about going to the prom. This teacher seems to try to do what is right for Carrie. There aren't that many characters in this movie that want to do something right with good intentions for Carrie. Yeah, the gym teacher is very genuine in what she's doing. She she realizes that she has no no friends or anything. No family. No family. So she's trying to almost be like the mothering type. Surrogate kind of mother. Yeah. The teacher confronts sue and tommy about asking carrie to the prom sue tries to plead her case to the teacher you can see sue kind of feeling the guilt a little bit yeah 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 she's starting to feel i I was doing wrong that's right type of yeah tommy goes to carrie's house and carrie opens the door tommy tries to convince her to go to prom with her carrie can kind of see through this bullshit and rejects him again and again they have this back and forth. It is slight and subtle, but because Carrie does not want to wake up her mother, he kind uh, she kind of just agrees with Tommy. Um, we can see that we also hear the mother in the background coming towards him as the tension is rising. We cut to a few people heading to a pig farm. The pig farm. Scene number two, we continue with Billy and Chris and a couple of other friends at the pig farm with various tools and a ladder. Billy has to go into the pen and takes an axe to a pig. We can hear Chris in the background edging him to kill this pig. We cut back to Carrie's house at night. Carrie tells her mother that she had been invited to the prom. Carrie wants to be normal, and her mother tells her no. Her mother is having a crazy moment. Carrie shuts all the windows in the house, and her mother shuts right up. 
Carrie confesses she can do things with her mind. Carrie is able to confront her mother for the first time. Yeah, right. Th- you get chills. You get chills right there because everything shuts and the mother's like, "What is? Like, it's me. I'm doing it. I'm. Yeah, I know. She. You almost see her turn like psychotic. Yeah. I'm. I'm doing this, mother. Yeah. <laughs> but the mother has it coming though. Oh yeah. <laughs> Scene number one. We cut back to Billy and Chris back at the school. They're now filling up something with pig's blood. Chris and Billy have this back and forth while they're at the school. Their chemistry is decent. We are on the. We are not at the point where we know more than Carrie does. The audience is now trying to see where everything will go. It does also go to show that Billy and Chris have bad intentions, while Tommy and Sue have better intentions. So we can see two parallel things going on at once. We get a, a various snip, and it's. Of things going on, like someone trying to mess with the ballots and girls talking with friends about Carrie and Tommy. We can also see various people doing things like a group of guys trying to trying on tuxes. We can also see Carrie putting on makeup and kind of coming into her own a little bit, which is nice because we've seen all these bad things happen to her and we wanna we want something good to happen to her for once. Carrie is getting ready for the prom and her mother tells her that everyone's going to laugh at her. Carrie uses her telekinesis to make her mother sit down and not speak until the date arrives. They're all going to laugh at you. They're all going to laugh I at got, you. I got a question once we get into it in a second here. Out of all these scenes, which one did you like the most? Not the ending because we haven't gotten there yet. Okay, so that's my favorite, honestly, yeah, yeah. of all of it. But out of all those scenes, it has to be when she first starts using her powers. Yeah. Because it just – you, you kind of root for her. Because now she has the ability to like move stuff. She, she could screw. She could fuck someone up. That's right. So you're she, you're kind of rooting for her that she, and it's really freaking the mom out too. That's right. And you're like, yeah, get her. Yeah. Yeah. So that's mine. I like. I just like rooting for her. I liked seeing Chris and Billy go over to the pig thing because you don't know what's going on. You're like, what the hell are they? They're so, doing. So to me, yeah. like, I wouldn't have the nut to do that to axe a pig. Like, he just, like, full on... How much blood did you get on you, though? Yeah, right. That's a lot. So here are some questions we had while watching it. Why does one girl go up to Taylor to Carrie and tell her to eat shit? I get it's a game, but these girls are taking it to an extreme. They, they are extremely bitchy. They are so over the, the top. top. Yeah. I understand that's how it's supposed to be, but, I mean, they're, they're like... They're, they're laying it on thick. These people should be in prison. Yeah. Okay, why show a lot of nudity right off? Like, I understand it's a girl's bathroom, but as an audience, we almost feel like perverts. Right. I, I That's like, So, see, like I said, yeah. it, it was like how horror movies were, like, back then. They but always this, had to throw a little bit in. But this feels like I'm we're one, a lawyer, though, a little bit. Yes. That's all I'm saying. But I want to say they kind of did it just to get it out of the way. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay... It's here's, brief. Here's your here's your nudity for the time, yeah. and now it's done. You would think that at this point in her life, Carrie would have talked to someone about her incident, uh, not her mother, maybe another friend. You can go all these years without discussing it at all. And that's she, a little weird. And that's I think, just, and the other thing is, she's a very late bloomer. That's right. Very late. I would assume. I mean, usually it's like 13 or... Everyone's different. Right. 
all of these girls seem like bitches, right? Like, you would think one of them would help her. Wicked. One like, of them. One. All of them. And I don't understand Even, it. Even, like, the ugly friend? It seems... Like, come on. It seems too many. Yeah. Like, you have ten? Yeah. Or eight? <laughs> like, there's way too many. What is it, a gang? Yeah. So you start by donating $5, and then you give her $10 just to get her out of her home? Would that be something you would do? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Who answers the phone by saying yes? Is that a thing? Yes. It, uh, it really? is a thing. Now, it's a thing. It's... Wow. Uh, who, who's done it? I want to say it's a family member. I can't remember which one. That It's like you... It rings, and you can hear them pick up, and it's like, yes? Yeah. Would you smack your own kid with a Bible? How creepy. Uh, yeah. See, that's just messed up. That's messed up. Like, yeah. If you think if you think about it, right, the Bible is supposed to be the, the good book. This it, holy thing. This holy thing. And when you're beating someone with it. Aren't you, you th- desecrating it then? You are. You're desecrating it. Yeah. Or you're desecrating your own religious values in that object? Yeah. Okay. How creepy is that statue in that closet? Wicked. That's so – the red lights coming out of the eyes? Wicked creepy. That's so creepy. But I kind of like it. It's a little too creepy. It's very It's like creepy. real creepy, yeah. but like it would look good with all my horror stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, does everyone hate Carrie except for the teacher? Uh, it's um, even, – Even Tommy, remember? That's what it seems like. It seems like the teacher's the only one that actually – Gives a shit. That's right. Okay. Is Carrie at the school library or is she at the local library? It makes a difference because what kind of school library would have books on miracles? Yes, you're you're right. I I would say local library. I want to say local, local library. library. I want to I also want to say local library because of the Rolodex, right? The Rolodex and that she it's a a place, a safe place for her to get away. That's right. Because most people would use the library at the school. school. But if you're not safe there, right? Yeah, that's right. Billy is driving and asked about hard stuff uh, by two other guys uh, that are driving by him. Now, is it drugs, or are they just messing with him? <laughs> See, it's implied it's that it's implied, but they don't really go into it. How much force does it take to kill a pig with an axe? That's what I mean. Like the force, though. Like not the act, the force itself. Okay, so as I would, I would say as long as the axe is sharp, and you hit the pig in the right spot, shouldn't take much. But that's a lot of blood. But though. it just seems like it's overkill. It just seems like he swung wicked hard. That's right. And I think the whole reason the blood thing's over the top is is almost giving you light to what's going to happen. You know what I mean? It's almost like implied. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. There we That's go. Right. Yeah, Foreshadowing. Yeah. yeah, because the amount of blood that he Comes, gets covered in, yeah. it's almost like this is what's going to happen to her. Okay, here's one for you. This will make you think. Based on this line alone, they're all going to laugh at you. Can we assume that Carrie's mother has some sort of power too? Like she has a precognition or something? Yep. Or is she just implying that everyone hates Carrie? No, I think she has some sort of precognition of, I know this prom's going to end bad with everyone laughing. It's at not me. stated. Right. It's kind of like, they're all going to laugh at you. They're all going to laugh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Is it on cable? Is it worth a watch? This one's a hard one. It is very hard because it's, I say it's highly edited. I would too. I would say no. I would agree with you. I would yeah. say no. Yeah. Yeah. Which streams streaming service do you think it would be on? This could be Amazon, HBO, Paramount. Paramount yeah, yeah. Paramount. Netflix. Yeah. Showtime. Yeah. What was your favorite part? Well, I would have to say the filming. The yeah. filming of this movie is fantastic. I like the shot types. Just, just yeah. how they do things. And, you know, like we were talking about, they put them on a spindle and had them spin around. Yeah. And that was gorgeous. I like the use of the the uh, diopter lens. Now, what a diopter lens is, I think we talked about this on the Black Dahlia, is you have someone here in the foreground and someone in the background, and they're both in focus at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, that's, See, a, typ- that, that's a typical I like uh, that Brian too. De Palma kind of use, too. Uh, yeah, all the shot types. I... The cinematography, that's really yeah, familiar, it's, yeah. it's fantastic. The, the way it kind of feel of like a Hitchcock film in certain ways, yes, like it builds the tension and then it holds. So, too so long. now that you, you said that he's a fan of Hitchcock and stuff like that, it makes so much right. sense yeah. now when you're like, I might have to rewatch it, yeah, because I didn't know he was a fan or watch The Untouchables or Mission Impossible because yeah. a lot of those movies have tension building scenes. And it's a slow tension build. See, and you can see that in Mission Impossible. His, That's right. His, uh, the focusing thing. The, the diopter diopter lens. lens and yeah. stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Even the Black Dahlia when we watched that. The too. Black Dahlia, yeah. right. Uh, something you didn't like. Honestly, I don't think there's much in... the. I don't like the fact that it seemed like those teenage girls were way too over the top. Because yeah, I, honest, I agree with honestly, you Honestly, they're, they're too... They're too mean and cruel where you would think they would need to be put in a, like a juvie. That's right. Like institute. Yeah. Like I understand they're popular, like the popular girls and stuff, but But these bitches, it's way too over the top. I would say the pacing because it starts slow and then moves really, it drags a little and then moves really fast at the end. I'd want it a little bit more steady. It escalates quickly Quick, and then de-escalates, and then de-escalates right. i'd want it a little bit more steady build the yeah. tension more go back and forth build it more and then that's just me but, no yeah i yeah. agree would you pay 40 to watch it once i would i uh, think so on a premiere service if you, yeah what, yeah yeah i throw 40 at yeah it. Me definitely too. yeah uh, would you watch it in a theater at a home if I you had would, given the chance? I would love to see that in theater me too just to i see, would love to watch the audience reaction the first time at the ending that's what I mean. Like yeah. when the ending happens. So if you think about it, that with ending, the surround sound. And, oh, oh yeah. my god! The, the, this might be the first jump scare if you think about it. The hand. Yeah. Well, an early jump scare. I'm not saying the first, but an early version of the jump scare because we don't know what's going to happen. No. And we just see a hand. Just see a hand, right? Our greatest oh shit moments. The teacher smacks Carrie. I didn't think she was going to do that. No. Even the teacher smacks her. I'm like, what is going yeah, on? Yeah, what is, what is up with this? Uh, Carrie makes the light explode. Yeah. The moving ashtray. Carrie in the closet. Carrie going through the Rolodex looking at telekinesis. That whole that closet thing, just every time I see it, just. It's very isolated. It's isolated yeah. and just, it's messed up. Uh, Carrie having some control over this power. The prom. And then. Uh, Chris and Billy's car blowing up. I like that scene. Yes. Okay, who had the best performance? Well, it would have to be... Sissy Spacek? S- S- yeah, it would have to be Sissy. Yeah, I, bl- I think so too, yeah. yeah. she's She dominates the movie. It's her right. movie, really. Yeah. Who are the second best? I'd say the... Uh, Travolta. To, yeah, I would say Travolta. Or Sue. If you had to narrow it down, Sue or Travolta, because Travolta's a dick. He's a... He is a dick. Yeah. 
he's not typically a dick in movies, but for his first film debut, he's a dick. I kind of want to give like that would be a tie for me. The girl that played Sue, Sue and John Tavalta, I think they're both tied. Bro, both yeah, tied for. Here's the ending. We are now at the prom, and everything has been building up to this. We can now see Tommy and Carrie arrive at the prom, and Amy generally seems nice to her. The prom is in full swing. We can see various people in this room already uh, laughing at Carrie, and we don't know why. The female teacher from earlier approaches Carrier, Carrie. She tells her, she tells Carrie uh, about her prom. And we can see that Carrie is trying to relax a little bit, little bit and open up and not be as nervous. Tommy is being nice, invited her to a party after the prom, and everything seems to be calm. Carrie confesses to Tommy that she does not know how to dance, but Tommy does not care and is willing to teach her how to dance. This is overall like a nice moment going on. They're dancing, and it seems to be nice, and we have the audience kind of feels happy about what Carrie's doing. Because you're... You're like, finally. Something good is happening. Finally, something good is happening to this girl. That's right. Tommy kisses Carrie, and it kind of shuts her up. Carrie wants to know why Tommy asked her. The camera motion is spinning all around them. We are in motion with Carrie and Tommy, and everything kind of feels romantic. uh, But it's a little uneasy. For this brief moment, we can see that Tommy and Carrie have a moment. The dance stops, and everyone votes for the king and queen of the prom. The tension is clearly building up to the prom king and queen. We can see Billy and Chris behind the curtain watching what is going on. We follow a line that Chris is holding, and above the sage we now see the blood. Tommy and Carrie are the winners. They move up to the stage. We can also see Stu behind the stage smiling. As she thinks she did something right and made things better. Tommy and Carrie are now front stage and center as various people are all smiling and clapping for them. They get a photo taken. Sue notices the string last minute, but it is far too late. The female teacher also notices Sue notice the string. The tension is now thick and we can feel it. Sue discovers Chris under the stage The teacher kicks out Sue, and in that moment, blood pours from above. Carrie is now covered in pig's blood from head to toe. She is mortified, and there is a silence. Tommy is knocked unconscious by the bucket, and he lays down, basically dead. People begin to laugh at Carrie. Everyone has been building to this slow burn. Carrie amuses her powers and locks them all inside with her like the beginning of the film the end of the film ends in blood everyone in the gym begins to die under Carrie's hand Chris and Billy watch on in horror Carrie begins to burn place to the ground without saying a word the entire gym and everyone in it is now set on fire and ablaze Chris and Billy try to hit Carrie with the car, but she moves the car and kills them as she's as she escaped the burning building. Carrie managed to walk home, still covered in pig's blood. We see Carrie get home, clean off all the blood as she cries in the bath. Carrie tells her mother that they did laugh at her. Her mother comes clean about Carrie's father and about the sin 
he committed she committed her mother stabs her and comes after her with a knife Carrie uses her power to stab her mother several times the house crumbles around them as Carrie uses her powers to kill her mother and herself the entire house burns and sinks into the ground we cut to Sue waking up by a phone call Sue is the only survivor we see Sue walking towards the grave of Carrie she places flowers at the grave and suddenly catches a hand reaching up for her and grabs her she awakes from a dream it's beautiful yeah it's that, so good that's such a good ending and I like how uh, in this movie this one scene where Sue is walking towards the grave they filmed it in reverse and then re-edited it going mm-hmm. forward I, I told you about that the other yep. day okay so remakes or reboots okay so there has been there's been a TV remake too there has been a remake. I was, I almost, I started. Well, actually, no. I want to say it's a sequel. Nope. There's, there's two. So there's a remake with Chloe something. Right. There's the sequel, which you're right. Right. And then there's a TV. There's a which TV. I've never seen a I, TV I, thing. I, I clicked on Carrie and I found I was watching the TV remake first. I'm like, what is this? This is awful. Turn now, this shit off. Have you seen the sequel? It's not good. It it's, has its moments. It has but, its moments, but it's not good. Right. Exactly. Now the remake is great. Is great. Yes, I love the remake. That's right. The sequel probably didn't need to be done. No, but the the remake was beautiful. Beautiful. I, but yeah, the TV series, never heard of it. Yeah, That's kind of weird. It's like a made-for-TV show, or it's not very no good. Oh shit. Yeah. Watch bypass. Oh yeah, watch and buy. Watch and buy. Yeah, don't yeah, pass. Definitely. If you are a Stephen King fan, and definitely you should watch have, this. Even the book. Yeah. Like you should have it in your collection. Because it's very it's, good. It's really yeah. good. I think that's all I got for Carrie. Yeah. So if you like what you hear, please follow us on Facebook, Captivated Minds. Instagram is at Minds Captivated. Email us, CaptivatedMinds2 at gmail.com. We have a peel box in our Instagrams listed in the show notes. If you also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and let us know how we're doing with a review. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. So thank you all for listening. Thank you.